be in Hosea chapter number six here this morning and just wanted to bring a thought to you. Uh, of course, we've been looking at here about uh, messy love and uh, what God is doing in the midst of his people. And as some of the things that we already looked at um, over the prior weeks, we looked how God used the marriage of Hosea and Gomer uh, to describe what God is doing, um, how uh, the, the children of Israel had been running after other gods, and God's saying, I'm going to continue to pursue after you. I want you to return back to me. Uh, we covered about God's judgment uh, last week, how God said, laid everything out, and he said, these are the things that I'm bringing against you. This is my charge against you. This is what you've done. This is what you've done. You've not been faithful. And uh, this week, we're going to look at our response to God. And you know, we have definitely seen the insincerity of the people in this book. I mean, time and time after again, God proclaims his love towards them. And it's almost as if they don't care. They're insincere in their response to God. I think all of us can identify with that because in times of our lives, we at times are insincere in our response to God. Um, God may say, I love you. And we still continue to do other things and say, okay, God, I'm going to take your love, but I'm still going to do what I want to do. And we're insincere in our response to him. Um, Many of you that have children know that when your children may try to apologize and you kind of can tell when they're not sincere about that. It's kind of like a half-hearted, I'm sorry, but not really. Well, that's the description here of what God sees in his people, and he's demanding a response from them. If you remember, we looked at last week in Hosea 5, the list of Israel's sins, and we concluded with these words to God's people. If you remember, Hosea chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, he said, For I will be like a lion to Ephraim. And he says, And a young lion to the house of Judah, I, even I, will tear and go away. I will carry off and no one shall rescue. I will return again to my place until they acknowledge their guilt and seek my face and in their distress earnestly seek me. And if you remember, we looked at how God was going to remove his presence from his people because they were not sincere in their heart response to him. So I really want you to sense the tension here as God is laying out his judgment before them. And they're insincere. They don't care. And he says, okay, I'm going to remove my presence from you because you will not listen to me. So Hosea here in chapter number six, he basically steps up to the plate and he says, okay, guys, you have heard the judgment. You have heard everything that God's going to do. And now Hosea is acting on behalf of the people because remember, he's a prophet He's acting on behalf of the people, and he's responding to God. He's told all the people everything that they've been doing wrong, and now he's going to take what he's told them, and he's going to respond back to God as what the people feel about all of this. Let's take our text here, Hosea chapter number 6. And we'll look here at a briefly at a few, number, uh, few things here. So first of all, in Hosea chapter number 6, we see this, Hosea's response. Look what it says in Hosea 6, verses 1 through 3. He says, Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has struck, for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down, and he will bind us up. 
After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. Let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. So here Hosea is calling for God's people to return to the Lord. And so Hosea is responding back to the Lord and saying, Come on, guys, let's get our act together. Let's return back to the Lord. That in itself is very significant. Because Hosea is not simply calling for God's people to stop sinning. He is not asking them to be sorry. He is asking them to return back to the Lord. He says, let us return to the Lord. It's not a call for the people to return to the Lord and continue to live in sin. Nor is it enough for them to stop sinning and remain separate from the Lord. Hosea is saying, let us return back to the Lord. The full cry of the prophet is return, return, return. Let's return back. Let's return back. Let's return back. Stop what it is that you are doing and return back to God. What's even more important about Hosea's answer is the reason to return back. Look what it says here in the text again. He says this, for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. Did you see that answer? Hosea is saying, we need to return back to him because of what God has done to us. Remember in Hosea 5.14, he says he's going to come like a lion. He's going to tear. No one's going to be able to escape out of his hand. God is doing all of this for a purpose, to get the people to return back to God. So this is Hosea's response. You know, some people may look at God and say, you know, what a big bully. I mean, he's up there and he's just causing all these, this heartache in these people's lives. But actually, that's a loving, corrective action that God is doing in their life to get them to return back to him. Bible tells us this. Basically, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 6, it says, And have you forgotten... The encouraging words God spoke to you as his children. He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. And don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes each one he accepts as his child. So what an awesome love that this is. That God is willing to tear down. And he's willing to break apart to get people to return back to him. And so this is Hosea's response. And he's saying, listen, return back to the Lord. He says, God, we need to return back to you. You have torn us down. You have broken us down so that we may return back to you. And that's a loving action that God is doing in their lives. And that's the same response that we should have towards the Lord. When there are times in our lives when we stray away from God, when we're not being faithful to Jesus Christ. We're not being faithful to his word. God lovingly brings discipline in our life to correct us. Not because he hates us, not because he wants to get even with us, but because he loves us and he's he's lovingly correcting us to lead us in the right way. And our response to him should say, "God, thank you for lovingly correct me. I know that I'm a child of God because he's disciplining me and he's correcting me." 
So notice here in this text, Hosea's final plea as to a sinful people. Look at uh, Hosea 6.3. He says, let us know God. Let us press on to know God. Shouldn't that be our highest priority in life? To know God and to be pressing on to know God. Remember what Paul said? He said, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul was a man that that went after Jesus Christ and he pursued after Christ to get to know him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death is what Paul said. So that should be our plea as well, to know God and to continue to press on to know him. And that's what Hosea's response was to the people. Hosea is pleading with the people of Israel He's saying, know this God, know his love, know his correction, know his discipline in your life. Because he has something for you, it's for your joy, it's for your good, so that you may come to know him in a greater way. Know his mercy, know his grace, know his wrath is real, but his mercy and his love is pursuing after you. That was Hosea's response. So this was Hosea's answer. The next portion of scripture we're going to look at we'll see how God examines their response. Let's look at that secondly. So we have Hosea's response. But now God, since he heard what Hosea said, God's going to take what he said and he's going to examine that. Because God's just not going to take it at face value. God wants to thoroughly search through and see what, what is behind their response. So this passage here doesn't tell us if the people responded immediately to Hosea's pleas, all we see is that God's response to Hosea's response. Look what he says here in Hosea 6, 4 through 6. O Israel and Judah, what should I do with you? Asked the Lord. For your love vanishes like the morning mist and disappears like dew in the sunlight. I sent my prophets to cut you to pieces, to slaughter you with my words, with judgments as inescapable as light. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. So here we can see that there are three responses that we can have to any given situation. Okay, Any situation that you or I are in, these are usually the three responses that we have. Number one, we can choose not to respond. Number two... We can choose to respond insincerely, or three, we can respond rightly. And God wants them to respond rightly to the judgment that he's bringing in their life. And he's saying, I want you to respond. I want you to know me. I want you to pursue after me. I want you to return back to me. So Hosea's message is not primarily for the unsaved or unresponsive people. It is for those who respond to God insincerely. Because here's the people and God makes it very clear. He says, I want you to show me love. I want love. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. I don't want your sacrifices. So it's pretty clear that evidently they thought, hey, we're going to continue worshiping in the temple We're going to praise God. We're going to sing his praises. We're going to offer uh, sacrifices. We're going to make offerings and all this stuff. But we're responding insincerely to what God wants. So God says, I want you to show love. I want you to know me. 
God says that they can return to the Lord all too easily. Just to return. Just return. Just return. But their love vanishes here like a morning mist and disappears like dew in the sunlight. There's no consistency in their lives. God says, all you have to do is just return back to me. But they're still over here and they're saying, oh, but God, we're going we're gonna to continue offering all these sacrifices. God says, I don't want those. Just return back to me. That's all I want. That's all that I desire in my life. But they are insincere in their worship to God. God says, what should I do with you? You come to me, you play the part, but it's insincere. It isn't heartfelt, God says. There's no substance to your response. God says, I've sent my prophets to you. And look what he says. I've sent my prophets to you to cut you to pieces, to slaughter you with my words. God says, I've been sending people to you to shape your heart, to bring you back, to return you back to me. But he says, you're insincere. You will not listen. God says, I want my prophets to to help you return back to me, but you still will not. He says, my judgment is clear as light. It's inescapable light. He says, they've been proclaiming my judgment to you, but you still will not listen. It was seen, it was spoken to, it was experienced, and yet the people still refused to let it impart lasting change in their life. In Hosea uh, chapter 6 here, verses 7 through 10, Hosea goes on to show either literally or metaphorically the violence and the depravity of the insincerity, the hypocritical people that God was dealing with. He says the city is filled with sinners, with footprints of blood. He says the priests form gangs to lie and wait, to rob and murder people. And they practice every form of sin. God says, just return to me. That's all I want. But yet God says, this is how you are. What should I do with you? What do you want me to do with you? You are unresponsive. You you do not have a sincere heart in your response towards me. Notice here in verse number 6. This serves here as a key that unlocks to us how God desires our response should be. They may run to God, they may offer their sacrifices and their peace offerings, but God is not amused. Nor is he fooled at their hypocrisy. God lays it out and demands for a right response. What does God require from us? Steadfast love and knowledge. That's what he wants. If you remember in Hosea chapter 1, God gave a similar rebuke to the people. He said, you have left steadfast knowledge. You have left steadfast love and knowledge. You do not pursue after me. And here he's just repeating that again. He says, this is what I want from you. This is the response that I want. Steadfast love and knowledge. God doesn't want our hands. He He wants our heart. He doesn't want our church attendance. Our worship songs, our money, our lip service. He wants our heart. That's what our response to God should be. God, here's my heart. And if God has your heart, then guess what? All those things will fall in line. But so many times I think we get focused in on, well, God, I'm going to do all this. But yet our heart is not sincere 
towards the Lord. God says, I want my res- your response to me is to return. My heart, your heart, we should be in tune with one another, not just kind of half-hearted. God says, I want your heart. I want steadfast love. I want you to know me and to continue to press on to know me. Hosea here cuts right to the chase. Know God. Know him. Let us press on to know the Lord. Let your love and your life be rooted in the knowledge of who God is. So how am I responding to God? How do I respond to God? Half-heartedly? Do I not respond to him? Or do I respond to him in the right way and follow after him, give him my whole heart and say, God, I want you to teach me. God, I want you to lead me. I want you to direct my life. You lack love because you lack a knowledge of me, God basically says. How will you come to know me? And this brings us to our third and final point. Look what he says here in Hosea chapter number six, God's response. God says, I want you to know me. And this is how I'm going to show you how you can know me. In Hosea 6.11, he says, For you also, O Judah, a harvest is appointed when I restore the fortunes of my people. Remember in verse number 2 in Hosea 6, look what he says. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. Hosea mentioned here that sometimes we must endure suffering in our life. He says that after two days, he will revive us. You know, it may not be in the first hour. It may not be on the first day. It may not be on the second day, but God will revive us again. Where the prophets, the priests, and the kings failed to make God known unto the people, God made himself known amongst his people. In John chapter 1, verse 18, it says, No one has ever seen God. But the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Jesus is the unique one. He's the one that came to make God known amongst us in ways that we could never imagine before possible. In Hosea 6, we see a prophet here pleading with God's people to return back to him, to know him, to pursue after him, to continue to follow after him. But we find here Jesus, the true and the final prophet, as he prays to his father hours before his death. Listen to what he says in John chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you. The only true God in Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. Jesus has come that we may know God. We know his wrath, but we also know of his grace. What Hosea hoped for? God enabled through Christ. A right view of God changes for us. A right view of God, an understanding of who he is, changes not only our response to sin, but our fight against it. When we look at Christ through the word, when we experience Christ through the word, 
We are granted the clearest vision and view of God ever possible. And so as we come to know Christ through his word, and we come to know him in a better way, we come to know God in a deeper, more meaningful way. So Hosea's response is, please return back to God. My prophets have been sent to reveal God, but you've acted insincerely. And so God lovingly corrected his people. He lovingly brought chastisement in their life so that they may return. Maybe not in the first hour, maybe not in the second day, maybe not right away, but they were eventually revived. God brought all of that to the people. You see, when we fall into patterns of sin in your life, when I fall into patterns of sin in my own life, we choose to follow our old ways and our old nature. It is during those times that God lovingly corrects us because it is for our good. We are given mercy. We hold on to hope in God's gracious and loving hand amidst our broken and fallen trials. But because we have a full and knowing salvation through Jesus Christ, when we behold Jesus in his word, we can follow after that pattern that Christ has set for us. We have the opportunity to follow Christ in his word and to become like Christ. We don't have to continue into sin because we have Jesus who's already defeated sin. We have Jesus who's given us a pattern so that we can follow. But that's only if we come to know him through his word and to continue to know him. So if we leave this out of our lives, we have no pattern to follow. We're just left to our old ways, our old thinking, doing things that we want to do. And this here, God says, return back to me. And what our response should be is, yes, Lord, here's my heart. Take it. I want you to have my heart, Lord. Please direct it. May we not be insincere in our response to God. Let's pray. Thank you.